episode of the Tile Money Podcast. My name is Luke Miller, your host, and today we've got another fantastic interview for you. I've got Hunter Bloom with me. I interviewed a while back. Hunter is a very energetic young man. He's a go-getter. He's the kind of guy that picks himself up by his boots, works for what he has, and, and doesn't complain, and makes the best out of every situation that he finds himself in. He, he opened up a lot to us. He, he described how he got addicted to drugs when he was younger, how he ended up homeless, and how he's been uh, making some not-so-great decisions in his life overall, but how he continues to look forward and continuing to make better and better decisions. And now he's found himself uh, with an HVAC career, learning the HVAC trade, and, and uh, in fact, already you know being five, six years into it. And... But he described how he started listening to the Tile Money podcast and how uh, this has piqued his interest for pursuing another another craft, you know, maybe expressing himself a little bit more artistically through tile. And so now he's kind of starting to pick up business lessons, kind of start to think like an entrepreneur and start to uh, tackle some small projects on his own and attend some seminars, some learning opportunities. And I know you're going to really enjoy this interview with Hunter. It was a fantastic interview. We covered a lot of good ground. We covered a lot of good ground. We really did. And listen, Tile Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast and you maybe want some more help with your business... Check out the link in the uh, in the in the description of this video or the show notes as, a, as if you're listening to the podcast and go visit tilemoneyuniversity.com. Um, you can ask me about it. Essentially, it's a group of like-minded business owners meeting together every single week to discuss a little more in depth and a little more uh, co- the type of conversations we're having are, are guided and and they have a, a beginning and an end and a point and they're more in depth and. Uh, than the free group, say, or more uh, accessible, more knowledge is shared than I can share in the free podcast. And they can obviously ask questions of myself and the mentors. And we're doing some one-on-one coaching over there too. So head over to tilemoneyuniversity.com. And that is really assisting me with my overall goal, my overall vision for this podcast and for this platform, Tile Money, and for this brand is to strengthen the tile industry by strengthening the weakest link, the smallest business owner, the smallest piece of the pie, uh, if you were to look at it overall from a business perspective. But in my opinion, the most important is that is you, the installer, the small business owner out there in the field every single day. We want to continue to strengthen your businesses. And I believe wholeheartedly this will strengthen the entire industry. All right. Enjoy this interview. Hey, Luke, what's going on? Not much, brother. Just just having a good day. You know, uh, I'm happy to be here with you. You know, uh, you mentioned in the groups, you know, a while back about your kind of passion for tile and how you're transitioning, you know, really looking to transition from an HVAC career into a tile career. So I've introduced you a little bit, but why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about, you know, maybe something personal, how you got into the trades and then maybe okay. what, what's attracting you to tile and, and maybe your name and where you're at in the world. Okay. Uh, so my name's Hunter Bloom. I'm from um, Shemokin, Pennsylvania. I grew up in a small town. Um, my grandfather, when I was a kid, started an oil company. And uh, as I got older, I was looking for just any type of job I could get. I ended up working in the oil business and learning HVAC and I just kind of ran with it and learned on the job. Got as good as I can, took in all the knowledge I can and just, uh, yeah, now I'm five years in and uh, things are looking good. But um, I started listening to your tile podcast, um, just trying to learn how, it was more trying to learn about 
how contractors price things, how contractors make money, like how you move as a contractor. And as you interview tile people, I started like, man, make tiles pretty cool. You know what I mean? It's very artistic. It's I I, like, I'm an artistic person and HVAC has its artistic side to it. But, um, tile is just so like from design to layout to installation. It's so every step of the way is, is key to making it a perfect product. And it's super interesting to me. It, It seems like a real challenge and I want to, uh, I want, I want to learn that skill for sure. Have you done any tile jobs at this point? Never, never. No, sir. I, uh, I've yeah, done basically so, all HVAC. So this is interesting. So you were, you're, you're in the HVAC business for five years. You're kind of thinking about becoming a business owner. You, you stumbled across the tile money podcast and, and were attracted to it just for the solely business discussions, right. but it's actually piqued your interest in the, in the actual <laughs> business of tile. And that's right, exactly I, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know yeah. you told me, but I didn't really realize how, like, I thought maybe someone in your family was a tile setter. Or, no, no. Yeah, yeah, that's no, crazy. I would, listen, I would listen to Tile Money every day on my way to work when I worked in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, man, I started watching uh, tile videos online. Like, I just I just did a class um, on tile on uh, just how to use thin sets, stuff like that. Um, I just want to get into it, man. I really want to, uh, I want to, want to have as many skills as I can. And tile is the next one I want. I want under my belt for sure. And what's nice about tile and, um, even HVAC is you, you can master it, but you can never really master it because every job is different. Everything. There's always so much more to learn. That's, that's the challenge I like. You know what I mean? And I see that in tile and I'm, I want to get into that. Yeah. Now, do you think you're someone who, you know, obviously you're interested in owning a business, correct? Yes, yeah. Yeah. And are at this point in your career and, and where you're at and you're, you know, what are you thinking of getting into tile to have a tile business or are you going to develop the HVAC more or how, how are you kind of envisioning where you want to take this at this point? Well, um, I, so I have all of the tools now to do my own HVAC business. Basically, um, I would have to get a truck and kind of do all the legal side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and tile, like, I, I don't know the balance. I'm going to have to find a balance for it, but I definitely want to like right now I have three days off a week and I, I've been kind of looking, it's very hard to find someone that will let you work with them on a Saturday to Monday basis. Um, but I've been looking for any type of tile, job I can find just to learn on those three days. And I don't even care what I get paid because those are my days off anyway. Right. And I could just learn as much as I can and then, um, go from there. Then, then if I'm good enough, I can make the switch from HVAC to tile or wherever life takes me at that point. But yeah, right now I just really want to learn the skill itself, um, with the time I have. And then I think it will all work out from there. I'll find that transition period or whatever works best for me down the road. Now, are you still in, um, did, you know, and I, did you say uh, a small town in Pennsylvania? I didn't catch the name. Are you still in that small town? No, no, that's where I grew up. Um, and then I lived in Arizona for a while and right now I live in Denver. So oh, I see. I'm, I'm here for a little while now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in a city the size of Denver, I mean, honestly, I could help you locate somebody who does work seven days a week, you know, um, and, and that, that would, 
Yeah, that might be a good way to go. I mean, I really like your approach to that. Hey, I don't really care what I make. I mean, yeah, I want to make my 20 an hour or 15 or whatever, whatever that washes out to be. You're not right. really in it for the money at this point. You're in it to learn the skill and to get some exactly. hands on. That's really smart. Exactly. I'll, like, I, I make, I, I, I live off of the money I make on HVAC, so I'm not really concerned about extra money with tile. I'd rather just learn the skill, mm-hmm. you know, from the bottom up. I want to watch people that are good at tile and watch them design, just do every step of the process and just learn as much as I can. And I'll help as much as I can until I, uh, until I get good at it for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I would suggest, you know, to really, and you're probably already doing this, you can tell me, but I would suggest, you know, consume as much YouTube videos, you know, and not that, you know, YouTube really, you know, there's nothing replaces actually hands-on doing the thing, you know, especially for those of us who do work with hands and eyes and, you know, but you've already developed hand-eye coordination. You've already been working with your hands. So now gathering the knowledge in your brain on YouTube, stack all that knowledge up. Then when you go with your apprentice position, you know, things are going to, you're going to advance more quickly because you already kind of, you might not understand why Sal DeBlasi or tile coach Isaac Ostrom does certain things the way they do. But once you start installing, you're going to recollect those little things and be like, ah, now I know why he did this this way because now Mm -hmm. I'm laying this tile out or now I'm waterproofing this, you know. And so that will help advance you. We also have like the National Tile Contractors Association. They have like in Denver, I bet in Denver, if you really wanted, you could probably find something going on every single month, you know, between, you know, the manufacturer's training that exists or the NTCA's training that, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to be in in Denver every month, but they might go to Denver twice a year. You know, the manufacturers between all of them, they're probably, you know, I would, I would imagine there probably is something, some sort of industry training, free training to, to attend. Have you, have you gotten to do any of this stuff? So, um, I joined the Colorado tile members group. Um, and I posted on there like, Hey, I think that's where you saw my post. Um, Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I'm looking for someone and I've been invited to, there's actually an NTCA workshop going on today, but it's at three 30. Um, so, but now with my new work schedule, if I could find one on a Monday, that would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, so I definitely keep my eyes open for that type of stuff. And I actually joined, I signed up, I believe it's uh, Schluter Systems. I, I take their free online classes just to yeah. learn about their products and stuff like that to see what different products are for what application. Um, yeah, I basically, I'm trying to learn as much as I can with whatever I got. But my, my, my goal is to definitely go to a workshop soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of a question I had for you. Do, do you need a certain set of skills to do a workshop or can you just... No, no. I no. mean, these are, you know, those, those workshops are basically, if you want to go to a workshop, you, you know, you, you know, and I, I mean, now that I'm saying it, but yeah, I, I don't believe they're going to say no, you know, those, okay. I believe those are public workshops. Now they, the NTCA does have a, um, a regional, uh, a porcelain panel training that I believe is for NTCA members. Okay. But the workshops I believe are for the public. Like anybody interested in tile could attend. And I would, I would, you know, that's, that's what I, that's my belief. And then, you know, I would call like, you guys probably have a floor and decor over there or probably several over there in Denver. Um, I would call the floor and decor managers, you know, because floor and decor carries uh as well as some other products and ask them, what's your Latacrete reps name and number? 
call that rep and say, here's my name, here's my number, you know, tell them your situation, tell them, look, when you guys have, and it, and I'm, when you guys have trainings in Denver, let me know right, if they're on a Monday sure. or I can go, I do want to go. And you yeah. can do that with later Creek, Ardex, Schluter, um, you know, weedy, you can do that. You know, do you guys have tile shop, the tile shop over there in Denver? Yeah. Yeah. Actually I applied yeah. um, before I got my new shift. I applied for a job with the tile shop. I was like, man, I'll just work there and try right. me. You know what I mean? Take I've another seen, step. Yeah. Um, but it didn't work out, but yeah, there's a tile shop, uh, close to my house that I was looking at. Yeah. Well, your head's in the right direction because I've seen a lot of, um, work warehouse workers at like tile shops or, um, tile distributors pick up apprenticeship jobs and start to learn the trade that way. So you're not, you're not right. far off the mark there. Right. Um, but what I was going to say about the tile shop is they carry Arctic's and weedy. So Florida core carries Latacrete. They carry Arctic's and weedy between the three of them. They have great programs. Like you said, okay. um, both Latacrete and Schluter have the online classes. I know others probably do as well um, for free. So those are great, you know? Yeah. Um, and then they have the in-person trainings from time to time. I believe, uh, like GoBoard, I believe is out of Denver. I bet they have some training, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And okay. um, I bet they have training for their product or or something, you know. And I don't, I don't know 100, percent but I, I'm just willing to guess that pretty much any manufacturer at this point has either online or in person or a combination. So, you know, the advice I give to seasoned contractors is know your reps. I'm going to give the same okay. advice to you, Hunter. Like, get to know okay. these reps. They want, if you're interested in tile, they kind of want you on their radar, you know, and that's right. their job. And the fact of the matter is they will keep you in mind, hopefully, when they come to the training or they'll tell you how to get alerts or whatever, you know, sure. and invite you to those trainings. I mean, that's that's my best advice is surround yourself with these people. Um, you know, what if you start a tile business, you know, in the future, what do you think it would look like? Like, who do you think you want to work for? What kind of tile do you want to install? Um, I don't really know. I, I, I just want to, uh, I don't even want to do, like, I know a lot of guys I see in the groups that a lot of guys in tile, um, they do tile just for a little bit and then start their own business. And I kind of rather almost work with someone who I really look up to, like who, seems like a master tile guy and just learn as much as I humanly can and then go out on my own. Just be, just to know that my skills are yeah. solid. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't want to, like I see a lot of pictures of bad tile jobs online and I don't want to be right that guy. Nice. You know? nice. Thank I don't you. Wanna, thank you. I don't on behalf yeah. of the tile community. Thank you. Yeah. I don't want to install a, a bathroom for two weeks and then end up looking bad. And then you're like, well, should I rip it out or just, let it, let it go. And I don't, I just want to, I want to have my skills down pat for sure. I don't want to, I don't want to just be some hack wing in it, you know? Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, we see, you're right. We see far too much of that in our community. You know, we really right. do. And it's right. unfortunate. So we do appreciate that. And I appreciate, you know, your stance on that for sure. I can respect that. Absolutely. Um, so now, I mean, frankly, let's just talk business. I mean, whether it's HVAC business or tile business, like where are you at? You know, like you seem like you do want to own a business. What business questions do you have for me or what kind of topics are you passionate about? Right. So my biggest thing is um, like I've worked for multiple HVAC companies. I've seen how they price things. I just, I, f I feel like the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around is how do I know what price is good for me and my business? How do I, 
how, like, I know, uh, like, I don't want to use pricing for someone else's business on my business because the, we're not the same business. Mm-hmm. So how do I find that pricing formula that works for me? And how, how do I run with that? Basically, like you could give me a, uh, a version of that in tile if you'd like, like, it doesn't really matter. I just, that's the hardest thing to wrap my head around. Like, how do I know what price is good for me? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I will tell you that although I do preach, don't worry about others' prices. I want to balance that with be aware, be aware right. of your competitors' prices and why. And that goes from the small companies to the big companies. One thing that really changed my outlook on business when I started looking at the bigger companies and I I started comparing myself to them, even though I was small, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be competitively priced and I didn't want to compete with people who, you know, kind of were the industry average, you know, as far as everything, you know, the sale, the, the delivery of product, you know, the way we treat and communicate with the client. And so I started researching, like, what are these large companies doing that they're capable of charging two, three X what the competitors in my realm were charging and we're doing the same trade. Right. And so that's, you know, and I didn't really want to be a, um, a 20 truck company. But I started looking at the 20 truck companies and I started trying to understand and, and, and learn from them both just by observing locally yeah, and also asking questions uh, nationwide with competitors who were there who, I mean, they're not competitors, they're peers, right? They're, but they're yeah. not in my zip code, you know? Right, so, right. so that's what I did. I started, I started understanding that, you know, yeah. I don't want to compare my prices to other people's, but I do want to understand how they came up with their prices. I, I want to understand why the tile installation prices are stagnant in a certain subset of contractors, which is small contractors mainly. And right. then I also want to understand why the large guys can charge two and three X. And frankly, a lot of them were putting out subpar work. Right. But when I researched them, they had four and five star reviews. And, and I knew that my small company and a lot of my peers' small companies were putting out the best work possible. And meanwhile, we had, you know, people beating us up on price and we had, you know, sometimes people, you know, not, you know, nitpicking or whatever. And I just started wondering why, why, why? What I came to realize was it wasn't so much the installation of the product as it was the whole experience for the people who were buying it. Right. You know, the, the large companies, they have a system for onboarding clients from the moment yes. they call you. You know, from the moment they call you, you're getting plugged into the large company's system of ensuring that there's clear communication as much as needed and that there's clear direction and that the only thing really discussed is what they want and how you're going to get it for them. Right. You know, and, and, and because of those things and learning those things, I started to shift my business away from worrying about the competitors prices, even though I was, I know what they are. Um, so, you know, how do you come up with your price? I mean, that's up to you. You know, you, yeah. you, you know what you get paid now. 
you really don't want to pay yourself any less. Right. You know, I would say um, in your first couple years of business, you're going to have to come come to that um, understanding or decision of how much do you want to pay yourself for being a business owner and, and taking this on. Now, maybe you are making over six figures in your HVAC job. Maybe you do have to kind of understand that, you know, you might drop below that, you know, and I mean, I almost hate to say those words because I want to tell you that you don't have to, right? Right. right. But being a business owner, you know, you're going to have to understand that there's certain risks involved. And, and at the same time, you're betting on yourself and the way you're going about it is very meth- methodical. So you're, you're, you're planning and you're strategizing before you just jump in like so many of right. us did. And so I think you're going to succeed just because of this reason alone. Like you're thinking, you're asking questions, you're listening to the business podcast, you're really searching for answers. So the way you determine the price you charge is what do I want to pay myself? Now separate your, like, let's say you started, um, bloom HVAC. Yeah. You have to understand that bloom HVAC employs Hunter Bloom. Right. So you have to pay. So what is your, yeah. So what is your employment going to cost Bloom HVAC to do business and how many taxes are Bloom, does Bloom HVAC have to pay and what is the overhead of Bloom HVAC? So you're separating your personal income from the company, both the company and Hunter need money. Right. And so, so once you determine how much money you need and maybe you need an apprentice within that first year, then you start to understand, you know, what you need to charge your clientele base, you know. Right. And that's right. that's how you come up with that number. And there's a thousand books. You know, one thing I've kind of strayed away from is teaching, like really giving guys a system. You know, I frankly, there's a lot of systems that work. You know, there's um, there's really thick books on it. There's videos. There's There's a lot of different things out there that assist you. And I am going to formulate the tile money way. Um, I've kind of, it's been something I've neglected and I, I, uh, I guess that's, you know, to my own, you know, it's something that I want to work on, you know, just a simple yeah. formula, but the math really doesn't change. You know, the math I just explained is really, what do you need to pay yourself? What does your company need to make? Put those together, your overhead, and then you come up with your your date, and then how many like how many HVAC jobs can you realistically do a year? You know, your first right. year, maybe you only do thirty weeks. You right. know, maybe you plan on working thirty weeks because it's your first year. Maybe you plan on working forty, but you know, you come up with that number, and then you start to understand. Okay, each week, if I if my business and my income need to be here, I can only do 30, 40 weeks a year. You know, forty five would probably be you know, max, right? I mean, as a business right. owner, we want six weeks off a year. All right. So 45, right. 46, 47 weeks out of the year, divide that by that large number that you came up with. And now you understand what you need to charge per week and then easily down to the day, easily down to the hour. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's like one of the things that the, the thing, like I'm skilled in HVAC, I have the tools, but the one thing that I dislike about it is to be a successful HVAC company, you kind of really do need employees. You need you need guys doing service calls and you need installers. Um, so when you sell equipment, you want to get that installed as quick as possible and you're still going to have service calls to run. So 
you have to you have to have a couple employees with right. a, with a, a nice chunk amount of equipment and tools yeah. in order to kind of flow really nicely. And I know there's a lot of tile guys where it's them and a helper, and they can do that for a while until they get to that point where they can hire, they can trust employees to do the job. They can they can kind of back off of it a little bit um, and do more of the business side of things. And I feel like that's it's almost harder in HVAC just because there's there's so much of an investment into tools and trucks and equipment and tiles the same way. But I just, that's one thing that worries me about HVAC is well, we'll like I've never had employees for me before. So you know what I mean? How, yeah. how that's a different type of shift, like being someone's boss as well. Right. Is, um, is, is a different type of shift than just having your own business and running it yourself, you know? So that's, that's something I, I think about often. Do you have, um, apprentices under you and your career? Yeah. Uh, no, okay. no, I work alone right now. How many years would you say is realistic that you're trying to make this transition? Um, I, within five years, I want to, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. Within five years, I want to be where I want to be for sure. So I, if and, I were, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah. I just, yeah, I'd like, like I want, so I'm 26. I would really like to have, even if it's, even if it's just a startup, whatever it is, I want to have my own company by the time I'm 30, for sure. I just want, yeah. I want that. I want it, the beginning to start happening. You know what I mean? Cause you can't yeah. sit and plan. Right. You can't sit and plan forever. You got to get some, you got to make steps towards it. So, uh, yeah, like I'm starting to do, um, I, like I'd like to set up my LLC and stuff like that soon and just kind of go from there. You know what I mean? Just start tackling one thing at a time and doing what I got to do. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a realistic goal. I think along the way you should have um, other goals. I think you need an apprentice. Yeah. You know, so that you can start to learn how to be that leader on the job. Right. And I think you should pressure your company into giving you an apprentice if you think there's a clear path there. Now, maybe that does take a year. You know, maybe you express to them your desire to move up in the company and, and have somebody under you. And, you know, maybe that means a little bit of a transition in you know, maybe they're sending you out to one man jobs. I mean, obviously they are. Maybe you ask them to start sending you out to two man jobs and you would like an apprentice, you know, right, right. a good company in this day and age in 2022, if they're a good company and they're really looking to advance within, and maybe you can correct me, maybe there's no HVAC guy that has an apprentice. I don't know. Yeah, no, they, they do that. Um, so like I mostly, mostly the apprenticeship goes with um, electricians and plumbers. So if you have your master of plumbing or electrician um, license, then they give you an apprentice. Um, there are some HVAC apprentices. I do a lot of ride-alongs with new hires, and they kind of ride with me. And I, because okay. I work so so I worked for small companies my whole life. Okay. Um, and now now I work for a very big company, and um, their whole approach is. I mean, obviously the prices are higher, um, but their whole approach on how you treat the client and breaking down options for them and helping, you know, yeah. just helping point them in the right direction and doing whatever they're comfortable with. Like it's, it's a different approach and it, and it's, it's wonderful. Honestly, it's the best company I've worked for and it brings in money. It does it. This, the system works and it's just quality, quality work. And I think that's, what's key. And that, it kind of taught me that like you can, you can do what you want if you do quality work and you treat people correctly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like that. Well, it sounds like yeah. they have a really healthy, you know, mindset, business mindset right. and a culture there, you know, and right. you can learn a lot from that. You can also learn yeah. a lot from any in, past employees who maybe were opposite 
or maybe this company does some things that really rub you the wrong way. You know, make, right. you know, journal, make notes for yourself to remember what not to do and what to right. do, you know. For sure. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that you do from time to time have an apprentice ride along and things because this is training you how to talk to apprentice level employees. You know, right. this is training you, um, you know, what works and what doesn't. You might right. find yourself, you know, not getting along with a pre- an apprentice. Well, right. as a leader and as a business owner, you really need to learn how to handle that situation because that's going to come up. You know, you need to learn how to communicate effectively and, and um, inspire and encourage your apprentices and your employees to do their job and give them the tools they need. And also you communicate with them clearly what their job is. And then if there is an issue on the job, you know, that's when you would step in and say, what did we learn from this? You know, what did we learn from this and, and how do we move forward? How do we fix it? You know, those are all things that you could start, you know, frankly, at your position now and start thinking about and start, you know, gathering that information. And just like you're, you're watching YouTube videos on tile, you can start watching YouTube videos on leadership and, and things of this nature because a lot of being a business owner is mental. You're really right. going to have to strengthen your mind and strengthen your mental abilities. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I'm a very emotionally, emotionally charged person. I, I often will allow my emotions to overtake my judgment. That's something that I'm continuing to work on as a 39-year-old. Right. You know, I own a couple different businesses at this point, and I've owned, you know, half a dozen businesses in my life, you know. Right. And, and right. I'm still, it's, it's not that I have mastery over it, but I am working on it. So you need to really be able to identify your, weak, your weaknesses and then go to work on those because a lot of tile employees and small business, employ, or, uh, small, small business owners will end up blaming everything on their employees. Right, and we right. see it every single day. Right. I can't find no good help. Nobody wants right. to work. <laughs> Right. You know, yeah, I can sympathize with that because in this economy, you know, there's a lot of people self-employed who should be employed. There's a lot of people who are, you know, um, well, in the last couple of years, there's people who got paid to sit at home. You know, there's there's a lot of different things happening. Like I can sympathize to a point, to a point. But I also see companies growing and hiring and expanding and retaining employees, setting tile and doing HVAC. So at at a certain point, you need to self, do some self-reflecting and be like, right. if, if I want to employ people, what am I doing that's hindering this? What am right. I doing? You know, and, and, and I can sympathize with somebody that just comes to the conclusion that they don't want employees. You know, I have a friend like that. They've come to the conclusion like they're just over it. Right. And, and that's fine. You know, what's nice about the tile industry, it is an art form and people do pay very well for single installers to come into their home and give them some artwork that they really trust them. There's a, there's a subset of people in the consumer, you know, world that will pay more for one person to come in and feel more comfortable with one person, the owner installing the tile. I mean, it just, it's a reality in this, in this finished trade. And I imagine HVAC as well, but I I think HVAC, you know, I don't really know the ins and outs of that business, but in this finished trade, there is a, a, a big subset of the consumer basis that would rather hire an owner installer rather than a 20 person company, because maybe they had a, a bad experience with a 20 person company, right. you know? Right. So if you can take some of those communication skills 
and your professional installation and knowledge and you package it all together and make them comfortable from the beginning, work less, charge more. That's why we see people charging sometimes five and 10 X what others are. Right. And people call them liars. They ain't lying. They just figured it out and put the years in. Some of them have 20, 30 years in this trade. They deserve whatever they can get, you yeah. know, if their work is on point. Yeah. You know, I think, I think another thing that's, um, like I've experienced this on both sides. Um, like I feel like it's key sometimes as a boss or as a superior to treat people like their children almost. Like I've been in, when I was learning HVAC, mm. I had bosses who I felt like I couldn't ask questions to. Um, because they would just get frustrated. And I feel like for me, like to be successful, it's key. And it is frustrating when you know this trade so well, and then you're, you're dealing with someone who doesn't know it at all. And you're trying to explain it to them. It can be frustrating, but I feel like it's key to be a good teacher in every way you can and just help people um, just answer the questions as best you can help make them the best version of themselves instead of just, you know what I mean? Hating questions, just yeah. being negative, stuff like that. I feel like that's very, it's very common in the trades. Yeah. And you need to develop patience. I mean, when I was 20, I was working for a larger company. I was an employee and we had um, temporary employees come in. And so because I was a full-time employee and we had such an influx of work, even though I was 20, I did have knowledge of the trade. I've been in it since I was 17. And I was multiple times during that, those few years, I was asked to take the lead on maybe a five-person project or something of this nature. I specifically remember in one instance, we were um, doing a self-level pour and we had screws coming out of the ground every um, three feet, you know, in three feet squares in order to do the self-level. You know, those were our pins. And I was checking the pins with an eight-foot level um, and I had an apprentice with me on the other end because you're putting this level on on screws. You know, you kind of need two people to, to accomplish that. Or at least that's the way we were doing it, you know, but we were checking all the pins and the apprentice's level had, had fallen on the cement and I could clearly see it. And I asked them, I said, um, can you pick your level up? And they looked at me without even looking at the level. They said, my level is on the pin. What are you talking about? And at that point I could have yelled, I could have said, you're an idiot. And I just said, you know, if you couldn't, if, if you could just please put your eyes on it. And they did. And they said, oh, I'm sorry. Like, right. I mean, you know, and that's, that's, a, you know, that's exactly what you said. Like, we have opportunity to react to our apprentices. Right. You know, right. our apprentices can make mistakes. We should expect it from our apprentices. Right. We should welcome it. Right. And we should show them that by our leadership, we're going to get through this. And then... Frankly, I've had apprentices teach me things, you know, for sure. And yeah. so if we don't have an open mind and, and our attitude, like we're in this day to day, you know, I've had, uh, you know, the bosses that I've had the my favorite ones who taught me the most when there was an issue on the job, they would have either the contractor, the decision they would have, they would pull the decision maker aside, either the contractor or the homeowner. And they would say, you know, I'm thinking of one instance we, you know, we had natural stone. We did a lot of natural stone in, in San Jose and, and we um, would lay out the veins that would match and we would make sure we would lay out, we would like in a shower, we would lay out all three walls, get all the stone on the floor 
to ensure that the customer approved of the color variances and things of this nature. Well, in this one instance, we did not approve of it, and we knew the customer probably wouldn't. So we got the customer involved, and my employer at the time could have sent me home. He could have asked me to sit in the truck. He, give, he could have given me some cleanup work to do, but he asked me to come have that meeting with him and for me to give my input if I had any. Oh, you know, wow. that really showed me that he valued me beyond just a, a, a guy cleaning up, you know, debris or running cuts, you know. For sure, yeah. for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah my, um, the company I work for now, when I first got hired, um, my so it's a bigger company, so our boss is what they're called my service manager. And um, he pulled me aside and he was like, hey, man, you're going to make mistakes and nice. it's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then because I was very nervous getting this job. It's for a very big company. Um, they were going to have me work on stuff that I hadn't seen before. And um, I kind of I didn't know if I would make it, you know, and he just said, you're going to make mistakes and we'll fix it. It's okay. And I can call him whenever I need technical help. And I deal with customers every day. I learn that customer service stuff. Um, so yeah, it's just been a great experience. Um, working for the company I work for now, I've just been taking so many notes. Like this is, this is really the right way to do it HVAC wise. And, um, they got it right. I've, I've been, we have two meetings a week with our shift and our boss. We talk about things. We go over numbers. We, you know what I mean? We clap for each other. Everything's positive. And, um, if you ever need help, you know, there's help. And I think that's key in the back of my mind to know that if I need help, I have help, you know? Such a confidence boost. Did you say you're 24, 25? 26. 26? Yes, As a 26-year-old, you know, tell us about what your value, you know, you you already did, but expand on it. What do you value as an employee? Because we hear a lot of of people say, like, well, the millennials just don't, they just don't want to work. Here you are, you know, you do value your career. What, What do you value in your career? Can you tell everybody listening who's an employee or an employer, that, you know, these are things that a real young man who's eager to work and make a living value. Right. Um, so I think the biggest thing is communication. Absolutely. Um, communication. When you work at a company and there's no communication between you and your boss or the, I mean, maybe not always the owner, depending on the size of the company, but you need communication with your boss where you can be honest and they can be honest and you can find solutions when, when you feel like you have to hide. I mean, everyone feels like they got to hide some stuff from their boss, but if you feel like you can't go to your boss ever to get help or anything like that, then it's a super unhealthy work situation and you just won't last you like I've, I've done it. And you just, you're another big thing is um, just kind of overworking sometimes. Like um, I think it's key for business owners not to tell customers no, but to schedule it for another day to, we can't, we just can't do it today. And that's okay. You know what I mean? We want to get it done as bad as you, but, it's just not going to work out. So we got to schedule it and stick to the schedule and get it done. You know what I mean? I mean, I've worked for companies where I would get six calls in the morning. My first two calls would take six hours. And then I'm working, I worked till 2am before. And it's like, man, this isn't, right. this isn't fun. I don't right. like, I, I seriously considered stopping HVAC. I was like, I don't know if this is for me anymore. This mm-hmm. not enjoying this. And then, uh, so the company I work at now, they send me one call. If it takes me all day, it takes me all day. If it doesn't, they'll send me another one. It's, and I communicate with all these multiple people at work every single day. And it's just, it's so easy. Mm. It's make, it makes like the, the technical side of things is always going to be there, but the communication part just makes life so much better. makes yeah. life so much better just to have that conversation. Absolutely. Communication. I would say. 
Nice. I like that. And I like that you said, like, you know, you've you almost left the trade because they were overworking you. Yeah. And you you um, mistakenly, even even if it was briefly. Put the two and two together. Like I'm, I'm not cut out. For, I'm not really going to spend any more time in HVAC because they just work too long of hours. Come to find out, it was just a mismanaged company. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, and we do have, you know, I'll tell you in the tile trade, we do have a struggle because like sometimes thin set dry times, grout dry times, like di- like dry pat, you know, different different things we do, you know, really do have to be done in one shot. Right. And sometimes we do pull longer hours because of this. Now I will say you can craft that however you want. I mean, obviously if you don't want large jobs and if you want, if you know it's going to take 12, you know, maybe it's going to take 10 hours, you know, maybe you just suck it up and work 10 hours that day. But honestly, you know, maybe there's a way to work two six hour days, you know, or there's always, there's always some way to, you know, um, craft it to where, pretty much 99% of the time. I mean, I'm sure you have an emergency HVAC crew. I bet they have a 24-7 crew or something of that nature, right? Yeah. 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 A lot of HVAC yeah. guys are on call. Like, yeah. they switch weeks, you're on call. Um, yeah, that's that's what I, I – like, I feel like it's – I don't mind working late. I'll work late any day, but we should have that conversation like, hey, right. we're going to work late today. And then you say, okay, and then right. we do that. We get it done. Or if something comes up and then you're like, you both know, like you and your boss – okay, we're going to have to work late to sort this out. You know what I mean? But just expecting that every day of someone without just overworking them, I just think that's that's super unhealthy for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been a, a really cool conversation. I'm really enjoying this a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I really think at the end of the day, you know, you're asking me questions and, and kind of planning out your, your you know, your five-year plan here. And again, the best advice I could give you is make the, your long-term goal and make your short-term goals. You know, what are, what can you do in six months to advance towards that five-year goal? You know, right. and I honestly think that the way you're talking and, and the, the stories you're relating and then the kind of the, some of the stories you've heard me relate that happened, you know, uh, 19 years ago that I still remember, you know, you're going to be fine. Just recall the good and the bad experiences and, and try to emulate the good and build on them in your company and, sure. and then try to minimize the bad that has For happened, sure. either either something you did or something that was done to you. And just understand that, you know, we're human, you know. Right. And some of these clients, I mean, they're all human too. So, you know, there will be challenges in business, you know, and typically they are larger challenges than the employee-employer challenges. Right the reward is also larger. You know, it's a lot larger if you do it right. And so right. that's why we all go, you know, that's why some of us choose to go into business because we're seeking that larger 20 year payoff or whatever, you know, for sure. Um, so I think you're going to be great. Do great. I mean, is there anything else at this point that you want to, you know, talk about and, and hash out? Not much, man. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, like two years. So to be honest with you, like two and a half, three years ago, I was getting evicted. I was homeless down and out. And um, if someone is going through that, that's listening right now, just stay on it, man. Go after it and it'll all work out for you if you want it and you work hard for it. Um, it's a beautiful life. And uh, I'm definitely excited to get into tile and uh, just do my thing. 
do you want to talk about that journey more from homeless to yeah sure yeah so um yeah i grew up in the small town i'm from it's not uh there's not a lot of good stuff going on Mm -hmm. and um you know it's funny you say that it's it's like i grew up in a small town too and you know um unfortunately us small town kids know how to get up to a lot of trouble you know right yeah yeah, (laughs) just as much you're bored you're bored yeah (laughs) yeah and um i got into some stuff that uh you know i started doing hvac i got into some bad stuff and um it, it was just ruining my life um went through some things um i uh i overdosed a couple i used to be a drug addict i overdosed a couple times um so i went to chicago for treatment and i got out there i was sober for a little bit and um then i relapsed again i was getting evicted I had no money. I drove from Chicago to Arizona where my mom was living. Um, I, I don't know. I just, my life changed. But during that drive, mm-hmm. I started doing HVAC again and I just built a life from there. That was March of 2020. And now I'm, Good now for I'm you. here. It's, Good it's for wild, you. man. It's yeah. so wild. Good for like you. Never Hunter. Thought, yeah. Never yeah. thought I would get here. You know, I, I do believe in sometimes we have to remove ourselves from our surroundings Right. You know, in order, as hard as that is, I, sure. I've done it myself and it hurts. It really hurts it, when you lose people who you love um, because they, they're going a different path, you know, right. and they're not helping you out. And, you know, you want to help everybody. And sometimes the best way to do that is to show them by example, you can right. change your life. You know, you right. really can. So thank you for opening up about that. I mean, you know, in the trades and I suppose in this day and age, this story is very familiar to everybody. You yeah, know. I think so. Yeah, I, I, it really is. So anytime somebody can open up, you know, I will give you as much time as you want to talk about this, you know, because it is sure. something that can help a lot of people. And, and just seeing your recovery path and how successful you are now and, and where your head's at, you know, you're in a very professional head space you have very realistic goals. They're not outlandish at all. To think that you can own a business in five years is absolutely a reality for you. Absolutely. I believe it, man. Absolutely. I definitely believe it. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, did you really take time off work to record this podcast? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I had some PTO. I took a, I'm going to – I have a job scheduled for like – between 10 and noon so that's okay. fine yeah okay. I, I just took an hour or two off we'll be good cool man well i appreciate yeah, that i appreciate your enthusiasm enthusiasm for business and life you're welcome anytime on this podcast and we can awesome, do it man. we can do it on a on your off day you know just let sounds me know. great <laughs> sounds great thank right, you so much for the opportunity Luke. you're welcome really brother appreciate it. you're welcome have a good day yes sir you too all right tile friends well I really hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Hunter is obviously somebody who has a great head on his shoulders. Um, He got vulnerable there at the end. I wasn't expecting that. You know, we can learn a lot from Hunter. And uh, I really value that conversation. I hope you got a lot of value out of it as well. I want to remind you, Tile friends, this world is a beautiful place. Being a business owner is a worthy goal and a worthy pursuit. The reason I tell you over and over again, know your numbers and build a profitable, sustainable business 
is because I expect all my listeners to build a good business, an ethical business, and to treat your people right and to treat your customers right. I don't tell you that because I think you should stuff your pockets and line your pockets. I tell you that because I want you, yes, to earn more money as a business owner because your, your ass is on the line every single day. And I also want you to pay your people better and to build better cultures in this industry. It's what this industry deserves. We have an amazing industry. People from the outside are attracted. You heard it today. He got attracted to the industry via a business podcast that he started listening to with no intention to get into this industry. He's just consuming business information. Let's build the businesses that this industry deserves. We can do it together. Above all else, Tile friends, stay positive out there. And please, please, please stay profitable, Tile friends. Over and out. Talk to you next week.